AOL country, this is Taylor Hall. Hey, this is Connor McDavid. Double team, got it back, score, what a beautiful move, and welcome back, Connor. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I'm Leon Dreisel. This is Jordan Eberle from your Edmonton Oilers. McDavid feeds Eberle for the hat trick, he's got it. This, this is oil country. Willard Myers, what a save by Cam Talbot, he got him with a left pass. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Ched. Sorelli, the Oilers general manager, talking today. We're going to get some clips fairly quickly on today's edition of Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex, Canada's largest Canon dealership, where their main goal is to save you time and money and provide true Alberta service. Check them out at digitex.ca. Digitex now has a massive supplies division where you can find paper and supplies for all brands of office equipment. The Edmonton Oilers, the Ottawa Senators, the Oilers crushed the Senators 7-2 in Ottawa the last time these two teams played. The Oilers better be ready to go tonight. Edmonton's not played well of late. They are down a couple significant players for their group, but nonetheless, the players that have left have uh, gone through funk, call it what you want, and uh, there's been some things revealed along the way. Peter Shirelli, the Oilers general manager, did an extended uh, media availability, basically one that will count as a uh, a precursor for Monday's uh, trade deadline. The Edmonton Oilers in a... Frankly, I got to tell you, from my end, a frustrating position. Okay, and obviously the wins and losses have pissed off and frustrated the fans, and I get that. Uh, but there's nothing that uh, angers me more than watching an organization have players flounder and flounder because of constant change in terms of coaching and. Uh, you know, you see a players don't reach potential. Again, a lot of the responsibility is on the player, but sometimes just the wrong guy here at the wrong time, and suddenly guys go in the wrong direction. And ultimately what, what ends up happening is a player doesn't realize his potential and a team does not realize his potential. The Edmonton Oilers make no mistake about it. They will be sellers. So we'll be hearing from Peter Shirelli, uh Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector, every Tuesday on Oilers Now. Uh, Bruce Garriock uh, out of Ottawa to give us a perspective on the Sands and talk a bit about the uh, the trade deadline, um, uh, I guess, around the league as well. Bruce, of course, does a very good job for, I guess now it's called Post Media. Anyhow, Peter Shirelli, uh extended conversation with the media today. Uh, he had this to say on being a deadline seller. Well, you, 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 I mean, that's a good question. I mean, you hope that you hope that there's a pride factor. By the way, you're right. I will be a seller. It just it has to be the right, the right uh, player or, or or future asset coming back. And but you're right. I mean, it's these guys are probably on pins and needles. Uh, you move some players out, and then you've got a uh, you know you got a team that's devoid of a couple of players. But having said that, like we're in last place, so. Uh, you hope that the pride is there, and and they also are going to be under the microscope from me for the rest of the year, because we're still, you know, this is still a landscape. Uh, 
we're looking at, and uh, and obviously it, it's not good enough, so there will be changes. So uh, it's, it's it'll be a proving ground for them too for the rest of the year. Peter Sorelli is the Edmonton Oilers general manager. He had this to say on where his team is at entering the deadline. I'm disappointed where we are in the standings. Um, just in this last little stretch, um, I felt that our uh, kind of our our energy level or our our work ethic uh, has waned a little bit. So, so uh, you know, why is that? Well, there's a number of reasons, but. Um, Leading to this stretch, though, I you know I was generally satisfied with some progress that we were making at some levels. Um, obviously, our our D is a is a work in progress, well documented by by you guys, but but rightfully so, um, and it's something that we have to improve. Um, nice to get some forwards back uh, from injuries. Um, I still haven't had a chance to view the whole team in its totality, which is kind of unfortunate. But I, I mean, I don't like where we are right now. It's, it's obviously we're not in this last little bit has has been disappointing, especially at home. So uh, it has been disappointing. Uh, it's been difficult uh, for Shirelli. And he, eventually, we'll hear the clip at some point in terms of addressing uh, this team as a whole because there have you no know, there's been injuries during the course of the year. Fans don't want to hear about injuries. I, I get that. I know that. Oscar Clefbaum out. Um, He's missed the last 30 games. He was leading the Oilers' defense in time on ice. He was leading the team in time on ice when he went out. The Edmonton Oilers are 9-17-4 uh, without Clefbaum. And, I mean, we all know the Oilers need to add to their D at least one other top four plus Clefbaum carrying forward for next season. It just reinforces his value. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, by the way, the Oilers' best all-around player probably last season. Clefbaum, by the way, probably finishing the year as the best defenseman. Uh, Nugent Hopkins leading forwards in time and ice at 19.50 per game. The Oilers are 3-9-1 and one without him. Um, when a team goes through this, with a good coach, an experienced coach, and experienced coaching staff, and you see the stagnation with certain players and the inevitability that's going to come up ahead with certain guys departing town, I think that it also provides smart organizations with a form of catharsis in terms of how in the heck did we get here with these guys? What happened? And I'm sure Peter Shirelli and Bob Nicholson are going to do that because it shouldn't have been this bad, in my opinion. It's funny. I bumped into an agent the other day, and he said the most interesting thing. He said, it was great for Dallas Akins to uh, tap into the analytics side because some of the most critical voices out there are some of the guys that are heavy analytics-based people. And Akins was an individual who, uh, because he tapped into it, may have gotten an easier pass on his time in Edmonton than others. And there may have been an effect, his body of work as a coach, on some of your young players. But I'm looking at it from an agent's perspective, going, the organization has to take ownership. It's not just on the player that the player didn't develop. Now, personally... I just think there's been so much turnover. You know, we don't speak, you know, you look at Ralph Kruger and Todd Nelson, what are you going to say about them? They didn't even get a full season to coach, so it's pretty tough to judge the body of work for those coaches. 
ironically enough, Kruger's got Southampton in the top eight uh, over in Europe as their president or whatever he's doing with that uh, soccer team in the EPL. Uh, you know, I think most of the fans would say that they thought that Kruger and uh, Todd Nelson probably did a pretty serviceable job in a minimum amount of time, but it's tough to gauge. I, I don't want to point fingers at Dallas. I'll just say he had two preseasons to work with, and uh, we saw some regression with some of the players. And an honest man will look in the mirror and say, I needed to be better in this regard. But I think there's been so much turnover here in Edmonton that it's affected the growth and development of the team and some of the players. And so now it's incumbent upon Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan to steer this thing in the right direction. But nonetheless, there is going to be the distinct possibility, as the Edmonton owners are sellers, that they may end up getting what turns out to be in what some might interpret pennies on the dollars for players that we thought were pretty good a few years ago. And I'll go back to that stat that I threw out the other day on Justin Schultz. If you had told me, if you had told me in 2012, 2013, that Justin Schultz wouldn't be as close to being as good as Tyson Berry or TJ Brody, I would have said, come on. I mean, Justin Schultz had 48 points in the minors in 34 games. He's the top defenseman in the AHL. He outplayed Barry at the AHL level that year. And he had as many points, 27, as uh, Brody and Barry did combined in 2012-2013. Yeah, Justin was a minus. The Oilers, that whole season was played against Western Conference teams. It's interesting stuff. Got to learn from it so you're not in this position again. Edmonton's opponent tonight are the Ottawa Senators. The Senators come in with a record of 28-26-6. They're 11-16-2 on the road. The Oilers, by the way, 15-13-2 at home. That's one of the areas the Oilers have improved this year. Edmonton, by the way, against the Eastern Conference, 14-12-1. The uh, Senators against the West are 11-7-1. We'll start with the Oilers. Uh, one significant change, uh, Nikita Nikitin. I suffice to say that did not work out. Uh, Nikita Nikitin back down to the minors. Jordan Osterley will play with Brandon Davidson. Davidson up to 19 minutes a game. There is one of the few players that the Oilers can look to and say has exceeded expectations this year. I don't think that anybody would debate that for a second. Andre Secker up front with Justin Schultz. Darnell Nurse with Mark Fain. Uh, Brandon Davidson with Jordan Osterley. Osterley's played almost exclusively right side over the last several years. Camp Talbot will start in goal. He's 3-0. and with a .956 save percentage and three career starts against Ottawa. The Oilers gave up a lot of shots in that 7-2 blow as that game wore on. Dry settle up front with Hall and Purcell. And then uh, Connor McDavid with Benoit Pouliot and Jordan Everle. McDavid, Pouliot, and Everle have combined for a total of 41 points in 10 games since the All-Star break. Latestu with Cassian and Yakupov. Hendricks with Korpikoski and Pacarina. That's what I envision the lines being tonight. For Ottawa... Kyle Turris with Mike Hoffman, who's a restricted free agent this year. Mark Stone, big scorer of the Brandon Wakings, who's uh, a six-round pick. Six-round pick that had 64 points last season for the Senators. Mika Zabanajad's had a bit of a quiet year. He'll have Ryan uh, Dezingle. That's right, it's Dezingle out of Ohio State. And Bobby Ryan Dezingle coming from a baseball family, Dean Brown was telling me uh, earlier today. Dean Brown's a longtime play-by-play voice of the Senators. 
John Gabriel Peugeot leading the NHL, five shorthanded goals with uh, Smith, Zach Smith, and Curtis Lazar. Lazar, of course, a member of the 2014 Edmonton Oil King Memorial Cup champions and won a world junior title last year of Darnell Nurse and Connor McDavid. Nick Paul acquired in the Jason Spezza deal a six foot four, 230-pound forward with Alex Chieson and Chris Neal. Neal now 36 years of age. On defense, Mathot with Carlson, uh, Eric Carlson, 65 points this year in 60 games. Don't forget, went minus 30 his second year in the NHL. Sens didn't break him down. And uh, he's now leading the NHL 29 minutes and 8 seconds. Minus 30. What a player. Dion Phaneuf acquiring that big blockbuster trade. Uh, he'll play with Cody Ceci. Patrick Wierkosh has had a tough year. He'll be with hard-hitting Mark Borvietsky. Craig Anderson starts in goal. There's a look at the Oilers and the Sens lineups. Here's Todd McClellan on the Ottawa Senators. Revenge. You know, so right away, I, I would like to think that our team would be very motivated to play against them if if we had that type of game. Uh, you know, so they're going to be hungry. They're closer to a playoff position than us, so they're going to be excited about pushing and, and playing. They're on a little bit of a roll. Um, I think they're back in, obviously, with Carlson. He's such a dynamic guy, but Dion adds... Uh, a lot more to that back end. Um, CC has the ability to go, so they create a lot of offensive opportunities from their back end, either skating or shooting. Um, so there's a challenge there. Um, you know, and goaltenders played well, so we have a challenge every night. And the others do. And character is going to get revealed here down the stretch with this hockey team. By the way, Hugh texts the show and says, Bob, was there any update from Peter Sorelli on the injury status of Oscar Clefbaum? Let's get to that. It's been really frustrating. It's been a series of unfortunate accidents. He was ready to come back. He got a staph infection in his ankle, and he got infected again. No fault of anybody, Oscar or the training staff. It's a fluke thing. I've seen it before. He will be back. It's, it's healing up nicely. He's been on the ice a couple of times. Um, he'll be back. All right, so there's a bit of an update there. Thank you, Brendan, for pulling that out. You're listening to Oilers Now. It's presented by AT, in parts by ATB Financial. You have goals. They have the assist. The title sponsor of Oilers Now is Digitex. ATB Financial, minor hockey season is almost over, but there's still time to salute your rink's home ice hero. Watch a video of the latest winner and nominate your own hero at atb.com backslash home ice. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports. Uh, will join us next, and we'll hook up on uh, tonight's game, but also some thoughts on Peter Shirelli's comments. From Rexall Place, this is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Stoffer Inspector coming up at 1235 today for Horse Racing Alberta HRA. This province was built on the back of a horse. HRA, proud contributors to the Alberta Lottery Fund. Over 7,000 employed, over 7,000 horses. Uh, Bruce Garriock as well. Reed Wilkins momentarily is going to step in. You can email us at OilersNow at 630Chad.com, presented by Holmes Bavi. You can text us at 630-630. All right, Reed, welcome back. Uh, Normally we'd focus on the game, but I think we we have to focus primarily on what Peter Shirelli had to say. And um, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I didn't think that the, the team would have this type of season. Obviously, injuries have played a little bit of a factor, but there has been some dead weight that Shirelli's had to uh, deal with, um, and there has to be an evaluation in my mind how that came to fruition. And why 
certain players were targeted and and I it, so and I'm sure that's all like if Peter were driving listening in the car right now and uh, I, I'd hope he'd be listening to music because that's probably what I would be doing if I was the GM of the team right now uh, but uh, no it, it's just well look I, I, for me it's frustrating that we're we're in a situation where you got a, a guy you know guys making four and a half million bucks uh, you know they can't even help it to, like they can't help you at all well it's Sure. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think Bob, to to look to look ahead rather than looking back. Let's say, this is not Peter Shirelli's team fully yet. Yeah. And when I say team, it's not his fault. It's his problem. I'm not just talking to the players on the ice. It's not his organization. Now, he, now he's been given a lot of power, right? Yep. He is the president. He's not just the GM. He's the president of hockey operations. I mean, yep. basically, he reports to Nicholson, yep. and Nicholson reports to the owner. To Kate's, so that's that's the tree. So they gave Shirelli a lot a lot of power, not just to select some players to select anybody on the hockey operation side. Absolutely anybody, scouts, yeah. people are going to help with the farm team, the personnel development, all or uh, player development, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you wonder he wasn't. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't wonder he wasn't just evaluating some of the players that were mysteries this summer. Yeah. He was evaluating the people around him who help select those players. I would have loved to have been a fly in the wall in their pro meetings to have hear, to have heard if there was a staunch defense of some of the players that were signed. Uh, you know, it's funny. We should really focus on the core because ultimately it's the core that needs to in- improve. Sure. Because we're talking in some cases about players that are on the periphery, but in, in terms of the mistakes that have been made, I am a little bit, like when you see Schultz and Yakupov, I am a little bit... Do you, do you totally blame the player there? Or do you think that there's been just so much turnover... Um, no, I, I don't. I don't totally blame the player because all the the coaching carousel hasn't helped, yeah. and, and and the inexperienced coaches hasn't helped, and and, and that even includes Ralph and Todd, who were sure. popular coaches, especially Todd Nelson. Yeah, but he'd never been an NHL head head coach before, and but he you know he he did as much as he could, but the constant change hasn't helped, and, and when you go to hire people. What does everybody look for? Not just in hockey, in the workplace. Do you have experience? Do you yeah. have experience? Do you have experience? And the so that ex, it's not just on those players, but they were inexperienced players with inexperienced coaches and often surrounded by other inexperienced players. Which made a comment that Mike Johnson made yesterday. Maybe I'm going to ask uh, Brendan to find it at some point. He said, you know, instead of focusing on, like, the Schultz and Yakupov and the fact that they haven't grown the way everybody was hoping that they would, Maybe that tells you more about, you know, Nugent Hopkins or Everly, about what they were able to achieve. And in the case of Taylor Hall, I mean, he's had one bad year in the last four because he was hurt. He was hurt. It's not that he was bad. He was injured like three times last season. But maybe that maybe that reveals more about those guys, that they at least were able to contribute a bit offensively. They're not perfect players. They've got to work on their team defense, all those other sort of things. But maybe that tells us more, that they were able to overcome that. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting point. I mean, a lot was. I mean, we're we're looking at hindsight being twenty twenty. A, a lot was asked of those players early in their career. Yep. Uh, I think especially Hall. Uh, I mean, Taylor Hall was, and I, I'm not criticizing the fans, so I don't. I hope people don't get mad at me saying this, but Hall was a hero to a lot of fans before he'd played a second in the National Hockey yep. League. You know, I I can remember seeing 
dozens of people in a Hall jersey the day he was drafted. And they had 10 on the back, not four, because he hadn't picked the number yet. They just put his draft year on the team. So it's 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 Shirelli, and the team is unfortunately in the exact same spot they were leading up to the Taylor Hall draft. Going to draft very high, maybe first overall. So he now has a blueprint of what not to do. We often have blueprints of what we should do, he maybe has one what to avoid. Give me 30 seconds on tonight's game. Well, I think Todd put it great. Revenge. I mean, this this is a Senators team yep. that got embarrassed by the Oilers a, a few weeks ago, and they are in a playoff hunt. I mean, they're, it's, they're the best Canadian team, by the way, right now. 21st in the NHL. That's the best Canadian team in the NHL with a slim chance of making the playoffs. If Ottawa's going to get in, they got to beat teams like the Oilers. It's Reed Wilkins inside sports. We'll have the face-off show. What time is the game tonight? I think the game's at 7. Okay. <laughs> so we're on at 5. Yeah, the game's at 5 7. 5.30. Or 5.30, yes. All right. Uh, off to 6.30 chat news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Mark Spector.